Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back. It is time for the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com, where we join after a, a couple of weeks, or at least another week, of uh, talking to offense, defense, Jalen Hurts has been named the starting quarterback of the University of Oklahoma officially. What? Since we saw you last time. Uh, Alex Grinch, we had a chance to talk to him on Monday as well. Uh, and there are position moves kind of all over the place, some things solidifying themselves. The offensive line, we're going to hear from Bill Biedenboe. Uh, because it looks like things are shuffling around there as they move towards the opener against Houston. And we've got college football coming up this weekend, Miami and Florida uh, in week zero before week one gets here. Of course, Oklahoma playing on Sunday. So that should make for an interesting week next week as they uh, uh, will have the spotlight of the nation on them playing on that Sunday night. But uh, we welcome in now Eddie Radosevich and Bob Persbillo. Uh, Josh McQuistian, is uh, celebrating the anniversary, hey! his 10-year anniversary with his lovely wife, Tiffany. So we uh, send our congratulations out So I out banned him again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bob says, have another kid. Then you come back on the show. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> let it be known that I have marked off nine, nine months from months. now. <laughs> just in case we... Because uh, it's a 10th year anniversary. Well, you never know. You is he never not know. fixed by now? I don't know. That's a See, question. These are one of those things that Bob would never let us talk about when, when he gets fixed, if he gets fixed. I don't, oh, I don't know if Josh is. I'm not going to care. I'm not a private person. You know what's going to be interesting is... You're a very private person. What are you talking about? My wife is. Okay. <laughs> so if you're getting fixed, you could, it's fair game. Correct. We should, we okay. should put yes. into uh, Bob's next contract that Sooner Scoop HD can be there <laughs> can be if there. he gets fixed at any point in the future. We get to pick out the donut that he gets to sit on. How about that? Oh, do you have to do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It's like getting punched in the balls, I've, I've been told, for like a week. Oh, I got. I see what you're saying. Like, it feels like you got punched in the balls for like a week. You need... Well, that's why everybody does it around the donut. NCAA tournament, isn't it? Yeah. No, yeah. that's like that actually thir- isn't that That's Thursday? absolutely true. Isn't that Thursday and Friday, <laughs> yes. like, notorious for that? It's like the highest rate of vasectomies in the country. Josh is also one of those weird ones that he will listen back to this entire podcast. Will, yeah. So, uh, I guess we kind of got to... Watch what we say, right? No. No. Really. <laughs> That's true. I mean, what are we going to say without him that we wouldn't say to his face? No, that is true. That is 100% true. I think uh, with the uh, the Linda experience, that explains everything. He he was a little, I think he was a little bothered by the Linda whole situation. I don't know why. I don't know if he was. And he doesn't easily get bothered about things, but he kind of was. It would make for an uncomfortable um atmosphere i guess Indeed. i guess when you let someone in your home you don't want that person hating you true 
who knows what could happen. True. I'm thinking about hiring somebody to... Uh, would, it, it's not an old tendency if I hire somebody to clean my apartment, right? No, it's a sign of... Uh, maturity? Maturity, yes. Wow. Okay. So you need that. I mean, you have you, flyers you're in the up. morning show now and, you know, all the and during the season. Yeah, you absolutely need that. I mean, just look behind me. Don't. <laughs> don't look behind I, You know, I, I don't know if the listeners know this, but, I mean, you, this entire office is overtaking a transformation, so I can't see anybody anymore. I, That's I'm kind true. of sitting back here in a little... Uh, in a little uh, Cocoon, you have a 27 inch monitor in front of your face. <laughs> it is right in my face. You should uh, take a picture of it. It, it kind of makes <laughs> so me. So you can't see Eddie. <laughs> like, if I was going to watch pornography at your house, Carrie, this is the computer is I it. would use for yeah. sure. That's the chair. To it's see a what? massive monitor to be it's like a right huge in your monitor. Face. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some shuffling around. The, the, the whole house is going under renovation, essentially. So. I'm having to clean. Here's the the problem. I'm having to clean other parts of my house to make room to dump more crap into it. So there've been a lot of trips to Goodwill. I've taken. I'm sorry for anyone that needed a PS3 Rock Band band, your know, whole set no! with extra guitars. You didn't need one, did you? No. <laughs> Pearl's not going to be into that stuff. So that went to like I'm I'm shocked the stuff you can take to Goodwill. They'll pretty much take anything. <laughs> I sadly I don't I. Don't not believe that. I, I, I feel like you can just take anything over there and they'll be like, yeah, we'll find a place. I mean, they think they, I, I mean, they're just trying to sell it to get money. I mean, as long as you don't take them like, you know, poop or something. Body. Well, there's probably body people waste. out there that, I mean, if it was Jalen Hurts stool sample, <laughs> they might sell it. Well, maybe some of the little old ladies that see like, okay, so we, I want to talk about this real quick without ripping anyone too hard. Tony, I'm sorry. You know, for, I'll just say for the things that I said about Alabama fans last week, you've made me feel bad. But and and there's this woman out there. Who, it was all in jest, though. I think that's the point that was missed. Tony is her name. I'm sure she's a fabulous gal. Um, but she like we've learned about this with the Thunder. Like you get, uh, and I don't want to. She's gonna get mad probably, no matter what I say. But like with the Thunder, there are all these little old ladies that like adopt the Thunder as their own. Like even. Uh, hell, like Ray Felton. I mean, there were probably sure. little old ladies that love Ray Felton. I mean, so it's just like that's kind of what ladies do. Which I'm, I'm a little, it, it's a little strange because old ladies are not listening to the podcast. I can tell you, like I looked at some of our demos the other day. You don't think the forty-five-year-old uh, plus. Uh, female is a is a big listener of the pod. Is that no, what you're saying? No, here's the only women that listen to our podcast are between most of them are between the ages of 23 and 27 years old. Oh, what's that? According to Spotify, which we are on Spotify now. Beautiful. Uh, it's going gangbusters. Everybody's subscribing, so we really appreciate that. Um, you can throw Karen Radosovich in there as well. But yeah, Eddie, that's uh, my mom. That well, she's 45 plus. So um, you don't know that. <laughs> I hope she is. Yeah, that'd be a little math right now. She's a preteen mom. That'd be a little strange, a 13-year-old. <laughs> yeah, I was doing the math in my head. I was like, mm, no, this, you didn't Not actually in, happen. You grew up, they grew up in Chicago, not Kentucky. Um, no, my mom's from here, from Oklahoma City. Oh, okay. What's your dad's name? Ed. Oh, you're Ed. Oh, you're Ed. You're Edward Lawrence Radosovich III. Accurate, okay. accurate. 
So, anyway, we got a chance to talk to uh, offensive players yesterday, defensive players on Monday. Lincoln Riley, we didn't have a long discussion with him. Uh, he had some something to do at 6 o'clock, and he came in like at 5.54, so we had like six minutes with him, which, you know, other than catching up on maybe some injury news and things like that, you know, Eric Swinson, which... Uh, Bill Biedenboe, <laughs> demonstrative statement Dismissed. on the, the state of Eric Swenson. Uh, and we'll talk about that. But I, there's really not a whole lot for him to say. Yeah, he's my starting quarterback. This is why I named him, which you could have filled in the blank, you know, for him. Like, uh, he said it was an experience, but... Uh, Come on. He, he, Come on. He, well, here's the thing. He said that he had better bad days. You know, his bad days weren't as bad as, as Tanner Mordecai and Spencer Rattler. To me... That's experience. Yeah. <laughs> like, Does, you can't tell me that the experience of being 26-2 and two as a starter in the SEC doesn't play some something into their decision, right? The thing is, when Hurts is at his best, is he better than Rattler and Mordecai at their best? Yeah, that's a or good question. Or is it just a, you know what, when he's at his worst, it's not that bad. You know, I, I think from a arm strength discussion or... I don't even know about accuracy because we obviously do, we don't see practice, but I would think that if you if you were going to say, okay, you put, you give me the option of just watching both of them throw without knowing anything, I might lean towards Spencer Rattler being able to throw better than all three of them. I would. Or the too. other yep. two. Absolutely. But you can't take out the equation, out of the equation, the fact that Jalen Hurts is, I mean, he's, he's basically a goddamn veteran in this program. Or not in the program, but in college football. I, I don't doubt at all that Spencer Rattler has the most arm talent of all three of those guys. Um, the biggest question is, can how many of the throws that Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray could make can Jalen Hurts make? That's what I mean. That's what we're going to find out. And talking to Jalen yesterday, uh, he was kind of like he wasn't like I'm going to put on a show for you guys. He was like, let's see what happens. I mean, that was kind of. That was kind of his answer to every question about how much better are you. He's like, you'll find out on, on Sunday. Uh, so here he is uh, talking a little bit with the media yesterday. And uh, I asked him about, you know, just, just what this has been like from the time he stepped on campus. Jalen, from the first day that you stepped onto the, the practice field in the spring to the quarterback you are now, how much of a journey has this been for you just personally? Um, I think it's... It's been a ride, you know, I've said it before in the past, um, this whole shebang, the story, whatever, the story is far from over with. Um, I think the reality is I'm not the same quarterback I was as a freshman at Alabama, sophomore at Alabama, junior at Alabama. So we got new beginnings here at Oklahoma and, you know, we're ready to attack it. How excited are you to show everybody how different you are? We're ready to attack it. That's how excited he is. He's ready to attack it. I tweeted it last night, and it, it was more of a kind of just a joke, but it really wasn't a joke. I He basically said for the, what was it, 15 minutes that he joined the media last night, it was basically without saying it. And I, I think that he's kind of hinted at it uh, in the other times that we've talked to him, but it, this is basically a, he wants to shut everybody up, and he wants it to be basically, to just be blunt about it, he wants it to be a f*** you tour. That's kind yeah. of the feeling that I get when talking to Jalen Hurts. I have no idea how that's going to work out for him. I have no idea how it's going to work out for Oklahoma. But that's basically in a perfect world. I think that's how you would describe Jalen Hurts talking 
or intentions as far as what he wants to accomplish. He has one opportunity to basically I not not to say that his career's been a failure because I mean, look at his resume. It definitely isn't. But I think it's almost like uh he has 12 or 13 games to justify himself as a I don't I don't want to say best of all time type guy, but I mean, if he were to, you know, win a Heisman, win a national championship, I think that discussion probably somewhat comes into play somewhere. It's just a it's such a unique experience, isn't it? Look, this is there's no doubt about it. He's never going to come out and say it, but uh you know, he was a guy last year. Remember this last year? Like, Nick Saban could have saved a year for him. Like, and the whole thing came out about, um, oh, who's the guy from Clemson that transferred? Kelly Bryant. Ke- Kelly Bryant. Like, he did what was best for him. He left so he wouldn't lose the year of eligibility. He could take the red shirt because he didn't trust that Dabo Sweeney wouldn't save it for him. I mean, once he took that job away, he's like, you know, I don't, I don't want to play again. Like, I'm not going to be the starter here, so I'm going to transfer. So Kelly Bryant was looking out for number one. Jalen Hurts stayed at Alabama, and remember when that was coming down? I don't know if it was the, um, it was a game later. I think it was their shit, you know, game. FCS their, game. Yeah, that's their, always in that there. they always play towards the end, where he ended up in finally burning his red shirt because he played like the whole second half or something because they just killed whoever it was. Was it, or it was the Citadel, wasn't it? And then they struggled, and then they ended up pulling away or whatever. But, like, Nick Saban didn't help him out by saving that red shirt. And then they needed him against Georgia to win that. So, I, you know, I don't know how he feels about it. I don't know if that's an issue with him. But definitely getting yanked in a national championship game, losing your job uh, to... Uh, and also letting them bring in someone that's just throwing it all over the yard... Yeah, when they played ultra conservative offense, when you were the quarterback, like no shit, I've I've never really thought about it that way. I was looking at Jalen Hurts' stats uh, because we were having an argument this morning about how many times OU actually throws the ball. Because uh, someone was like, "Oh, it's forty five percent run for OU anyway, so it's not like he's going to throw that much." No, I mean Kyler Murray threw the ball like thirty seven times against Alabama. I mean there were. I think five or six games where he had over 30-plus attempts uh, passing in a game. Jalen Hurts, his sophomore year, I think it was six games, maybe five games, Tony, don't kill me, um, where he threw 20-plus times in a game. And I think maybe 27 is the most he'd ever thrown in a game at Alabama. So, like, then you bring in Tua, and he's throwing it all over the yard, and you're just like, well, you trust him to throw it, but you didn't trust me to throw it. Uh, Sure. You know, why was that? Like, why didn't you believe in me? So coming to Oklahoma, a place where he knows they trust the quarterback and part of your job is to throw the ball all over the field. Like this is his chance at redemption. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I, I think that it's not, I don't think it's just, uh, just odd or strange that this is kind of the route that he's taken. I think anybody that has lost a job or lost, you know, some type of battle or competition, you probably do get a little pissed off. And, you know, he obviously handled it very well, and that was documented uh, during his time at Tus- in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, I think that there's certainly a little bit of him that wants to prove everybody wrong. And I that's completely normal that somebody would want to do that. He just happens to be in a situation that he, he can do it. He, and he can do it in a major, major way uh, by coming to Oklahoma and 
basically picking up where the other two have left off. And we were kind of joking before we started the podcast, but I mean, the two guys that he's having to follow and just the the shoes that he's basically having to fill is just it's incredible. It, it's that it's why it's such it's it's why it's the biggest story in college football this year. There's no doubt about that. Here's here. Let me quickly go to uh, Jalen Hurts here. Here he is talking yesterday about just what he's learned about Lincoln Riley. When you you know commit to come here, it, it I'm sure part of that is it's on faith. Um, how much more have you learned about Lincoln Riley? What stands out to you about him as a coach and you know just just a, a an offensive guy? Um, day by day, I think with with Coach Riley, um, this whole group, myself, day by day, I think we just want to take steps, take positive steps, keep on pushing. Um, you know, every game, every rep, every rep at practice, whatever it is, we want to learn from our mistakes and continue to move forward, take positive steps, stack good days on good days. And see, I wonder, like, that is such, you know, just coach speak there. I wonder if he's doing that because he doesn't want to even give out the the slightest sliver of controversy where he mentions, you know, Lincoln Riley. Like, you, you're probably never going to hear him say, unless he's sitting up there winning a Heisman or something, that Lincoln Riley is the best offensive coach that I've ever been under. You know, like, sure. that would create such a stir. Yeah. Uh, and he doesn't want to... I, I just feel like he doesn't want to... He's going out of his way not to do that. Oh, I, I don't think that there's any doubt about that, Kerry. Just this, everything that we... Just go through the transcript, and it's on the board from yesterday as far as he wants to be as least controversial in a way as you possibly can be and i mean it, it makes sense i mean we live in a time a day and age where we nitpick everything that baker mayfield does from a 24 7 news cycle it seems like so it's not too surprising but at the same time i do think that you know it, it's going to be hard to avoid that if hurts does go out and play really well and looks really good doing it i mean i i think that it's only going to be um human for people to think put two and two together and think oh well this is the reason he has improved himself is because of lincoln riley you know it's, it's funny because you can read the transcript but with hurts though you need to watch the video because it's the way he says things the purpose pausing that he does a little smile the way that, he intently looks someone in the eyes exactly. when he answers the question he's giving you signs of who he is without exactly going out and saying it and when you look at last year because i just looking back at his stats he played 13 games last year he had played the first eight games of the season so he lost that red yeah. shirt r right away yeah and i guess it's just interesting to think what was his mindset after that fourth game or after that fifth game when he knew well and you look at those stats he has like three passes exactly. in a game five yeah. passes in a game i mean like the, the, it's not like he lost his red shirt, and they were just like took the you know chains off of him. They were just like, okay, go in there, mop up duty, mop it up, do it. Let's get the win. You know, they could have let in, anybody do that. I definitely thought for the first time yesterday we saw a maybe in a way a more relaxed guy as far as okay, I've won the job, I can take a deep breath. Here we go, type thing. I, did you guys think that? That he could finally be like that. Like, he yeah. he knew in his heart he had the job. Sure. But he wasn't allowed to outwardly be that type of dude. That would make, I'd, I'd agree with and that. And then yesterday, yep, it's it, time. And it does kind of show you, like, you know, look, I, I, I don't know how much of a competition it was, but 
uh, a guy, I mean, he's probably a little bit, uh, you know, gun shy in terms of when you start talking about having to win a job and losing a job and coming from what he came from, like, you know, to go through that and realize that a young gun didn't beat you out again, like that had to be just a little bit satisfying. Oh, I'm sure that, you know, I, it's one of those things that just kind of in the back of your mind, I mean, say he didn't win the job and something just crazy happened and Spencer Rattler was just this unbelievable guy. It's like you basically have to face the reality that success at a major division one program maybe isn't for you. And then, then that opens a door to, do you have to change positions? Do you have to, do you have to tape Martell this thing and lose your mind in the locker room, start playing slot receiver. It, it just, it, it kind of, I don't know. It, I'm sure that it was just a, it was a stress that you have in life that you know you don't need to be stressed out about, but you are anyways, I guess. Here is uh, Jalen Hurts, and <clears throat> like we said, he, he's he's not the most, you know, he doesn't just give you a whole lot. Um, you know, when you, when you ask him questions, you, you usually want a lot more than you get, but here he is kind of just talking about, um, you know, his improvement. You got to learn Lincoln's system in the spring. How much did you grow from day one of fall camp to today in continuing that learning curve? Um, it's been some growth there, but I think the whole philosophy behind it is, you know, stacking good days on good days, you know, trying to better yourself every day. See, I mean, it's, it's just like on repeat. I don't know what I played or not played. It, seems, it sounds like the same stuff same every stuff. time. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and – that's really, you know, you didn't get a lot out of Riley. You didn't get, and let's face it, the next chapter for Jalen Hurts is getting out up there on the field, seeing how he looks in this offense. And it wouldn't shock me if they go out there against Houston uh, and don't run the ball at all, like for the first two series. Yeah, to kind of say, hey, this guy can do do this. He could have been at Bama throwing it all around the yard, but they chose not to let him do it because when he can you're going to see he's more than capable of being that type of guy. Like first play, just send... Bombing it out. CD or Jaden Hazelwood on a go route or something and just let it fly. I wouldn't doubt I wouldn't doubt that that happens. The other part of that might be because they can't run the ball because they're still figuring things out up front. I mean... Yeah, Bill Beatonbow won't like that very much if you don't run the ball in the first two series. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he probably wouldn't. But, I mean, we, we have seen Oklahoma in openers over the last... Geez, the last few seasons that uh, it's very much a work in progress. And I, I know that we're going to talk about offensive line play and Bill Beatonbow here in a little bit, Carrie. But, I mean, it, it right is now. kind of a, a, a little I'm bit of a truth. Jalen Hurts stuff to talk about, to be well, honest that, with you. That works out. That's a great segue. <laughs> but, no, I mean, we talked to him yesterday. Uh, we all we did the roundtable last week. And that is like, we need to just crumble it. We need to take it off the website. Like, <laughs> everything has changed since we I mean, we thought it was going to be uh, – Adrian Ely. Uh, what else did we have? Adrian Ely. It was almost across. We were all the same across the board. Adrian Ely, uh, um, RJ Proctor, Creed Humphrey, Marquise Hayes, and uh, Eric Swenson. Yep. And now Adrian Ely's the right tackle, and they're trying to find a left tackle. He was always the right tackle. Oh, was he always the right tackle? He's never played left. Well, you put him at left in no, order. Well, or were you going right to left? I just had tackles. He's Chinese. I, I, I just had tackles. Okay, um, so, yeah, Adrian Ely is right tackle. They're looking for a left tackle. You're right. It's Swenson, because he was left tackle, um, I just brain farted. So, now it looks like R.J. Proctor's playing left tackle, and uh, Marquise Brown is still there, and 
the player to be named later is the left tackle, basically, or the right tackle. I mean, um, or the right guard, I mean. Uh, Ty- left guard, should right be Tyrese guard. Ro- Tyrese. Tyrese Robinson. Yeah. Also, Bray Walker would be in there. Um, you know, but I don't know. Did you kind of get the sense yesterday from talking to Bill, like, Bray's just not where he needs him to be yet? Not like he yet. loves him, Clo- yeah, closer but he's and not closer, there yet. closer and closer as he's made this move from tackle to guard, but not quite there with guys like Tyrus Robinson and Marquise Hayes, who've been in this position for years and years. Well, I mean, a week ago we thought it was about to be solidified. Now it seems like uh, it's just experimentation over experimentation. We talked to Bill about that yesterday. I haven't. I mean, I don't think anybody's charted it, but you know, it seems like every off season, every you know preseason. You're kind of trying a lot of different things leading up to game week. Is that just something that, I don't know, does the urgency of a season create that, or is that just something that you're comfortable doing it that way? Just um, yeah, because you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, you really don't, and then your best five. I mean, you know, I guess, what is it, two or three years ago, you know, when Eric Wren Eric went in there, we became better. You know, I mean, I think at that point, you know, Alvarez was just a better individual player. I mean, he was, you know, but for whatever reason, those five guys played well together, you know, so um, yeah. You, been Powers year when he came in at TCU that made you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, you just never know. I mean, you just never know how five guys, it's, you know, you, you got the five best players out there, but it's five guys that work together the best. You know? I mean, that's what it is, and some guys just are more comfortable, you know. You may have an individual that may be a little bit better. He's not going to be much better than a starter, but he may be a little bit better. But for whatever reason, five guys work together better, and that's that's what playing offensive line is. Uh, it, you know, I mean, that was interesting. I mean, to just flat out say, well, uh, Alvarez was better than Eric Wren as a as a as an offensive lineman, but he didn't fit in with the other guys as well. Very, I. It's very interesting, just as far as the not really a claim because I. Beatenbo obviously knows what he's talking about, but just as far as finding the best five guys or the best five offensive linemen at, uh, versus finding five guys that work together, it's it's a it's an interesting conversation. I think just as far as maybe that's why it takes a couple weeks to come together. You have to find that that right gel, and you know, I'll be damned. He he finds it every year. It just takes a minute. Well, it, you know, I brought up the Ben Powers there thing to him, but you remember that TCU game. Uh, ben Powers came in at left guard, and it was just like he and Orlando Brown were a match made in heaven. Yeah. And nobody looked at Ben Powers as like the most dominant player on the offensive line, but he got better and better, and those two played really well together, and they got dominant, and they built confidence. And, uh, you know, now he's, you know, I think he's he's been running with the ones, I think, some in camp uh, in the NFL during during the preseason. So... But, I mean, that's another example. And, and, you know, R.J. Proctor at left guard, does that make them better because they have, you know, Tyrese Robinson? Like, like R.J. Proctor might not be the best tackle. He might not be the best left tackle. But does Tyrese Robinson make them better overall being a guard versus R.J. Proctor and then maybe uh, Eric Swenson, who might be banged up, you know, playing left tackle? Yeah. and or, you, know, you know, Finley Felix, which apparently is been up and down i've got different you know people that have told me one's good i will say this i don't think finley felix will be out there starting just based on who i've talked to talked to lately about. one day it's good one day it's bad kind of thing well i think it's confusing because you don't know what his first name and his last name is 
Felix Finley. Is it would Felix be Finley sweet. or Finley? I think it's Finley Felix. It's Finley Felix. But it's like I've had to look that up <laughs> so more times than I want to admit. I keep waiting for Michael Thompson to make his move. But he might not be ready. He might be with Bray Walker, where yeah. maybe that's sort of the future of your tackle guard, but it's not right now. That was a name that was brought up to me this morning, just as far and you know, Gabe Eichert, I'm sure that he's brought it up to you as well, Carrie. It sounds like Bray Walker is very, very close to becoming a guy that if he can just consistency, once he nails that down and the light turns on, you know, I, I think everybody knows uh, or everybody that has followed it knows, uh, you know, how much uh, Bill Bedenbo loves Bray Walker. And I mean, what's there not to love just as far as size and his ability yeah. to do things athletically. But it sounds like he is pretty close and he might be one of those guys like a Ben Powers or somebody that, you know, by the time you look up and OU's playing in their ninth game of the year, he's started the last four, something like that. That wouldn't surprise me at all. It wasn't it. I mean, you were there, Bob. Didn't Bill kind of go off on a tangent about Bray Walker's flexibility and how much, you know, he's improved in that area from when he first got here? Well, what are you talking about? Spring and having stuff like that? his wrestling background, how much it yeah. really helped. Really help. And a lot of those guys, I mean, uh, Daryl, uh, uh, was it Daryl Simpson that was, it was Tyrese that was the really good Simpson basketball played player. basketball. I don't yeah. know how good, but he, he I just some remember funny seeing, basketball photos. I remember seeing some footage of it. And I was like, damn, that guy, I would want him on my high school team. Like, he's pretty good. Um, and then uh, Marquise Hayes can dunk a basketball. I mean, they were, guys were bragging about him kind of an open gym and how impressive he is. And I think I asked Trey Sermon, like, has he ever gone up against him? He says, no, I make sure I'm always on his team. He said, he doesn't want... he Now, that's smoke that someone doesn't want, Eddie. I don't know if I'd want any from him either. I mean, the guy's massive. Uh, by the way, uh, Bill Beanbow was asked Pause. directly about R.J. Proctor, and I'm pausing. No, I was just saying, I, I said, that guy is massive. I said, whoa, that didn't come out right. Pause. <laughs> Okay, uh, Bill Beanbow was asked specifically about R.J. Proctor. How's uh, Proctor done? He's doing good. He's doing good playing a bunch of positions, um, you know, moving around. Um, you know, kind of – he's playing a little bit of left tackle. We hadn't pinpointed anything with it, but he's playing a little bit now. Plus, play right tackle, left guard, right guard, smart kid. You know, so he's going to be a guy that will move around. Um, hopefully we stay healthy, but, you know, he's a guy that we can move around. He's doing a good job. Is he a guy you can tell has some experience at this level? Oh, no doubt. He's a smart kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's, he's seen some things that, you know, maybe these other guys haven't, you know, with the, with the exception of Creed. You know, we've had some guys playing games, but they weren't when the game was on the line. There's a difference, you know, when the game's on the line, you know. and um, But I feel good about him, you know. I, I really do, you know. But, again, we'll see. You never know. I mean, I thought we were pretty good last year, but I didn't know until we went in the first game. I mean, you, you really never know. And even last year, I mean, we had guys playing playing, you know, new positions, you know, with Creed. So we really had three new guys once Creed got in there, you know, playing new positions. So you don't, you don't ever know till you get out there. You know, you, you have a feeling about it in practice, but, you know, as, as much as, you know, you got to go out there and practice and do it, there's a difference in games. Out, I'm well, sorry, go ahead. Let me ask you, or either of you, outside of Creed Humphrey, is R.J. Proctor the second most important lineman just as far as his ability to fill in a gap that is needed? I, I You could easily make that argument, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, you want, 
you know, your Adrian Ely, you want him out there, you want Marquise Hayes out there, you want those guys out there. But from a, you know, he obviously has the second most uh, uh, experience out there. He's got the most, actually. When you know, when technically, you think yeah, yeah, sure. Think about his sure, time. Yeah. He's yeah. got more than Creed, so he's going to be someone who's not going to panic. And it, maybe that's what you're going to need for those first couple games. I think it's funny that you know, obviously, Jalen Hurts is going to get the most. Uh, attention being the grad transfer and, and, and stepping in and being the starting quarterback and everything. But uh, maybe you look back at this 2019 season and a guy like an RJ Proctor is one of the more valuable assets to this team, just in what he brings from a experience standpoint and from a group for a group that really doesn't have much. And you know what? He's that, he's that perfect example of uh, it's not always the best, you know, physical guy, most athletic guy, like, he like you know we've talked about this before like you you do one-on-ones with him and you're like okay that guy's an offensive line but when he walks off the field with daryl simpson and bray walker and creed humphrey you're just like whoa that guy isn't the same as all these other guys but he fits in i mean and it seems like he's kind of the glue right now for them he fits in with what ou is doing and those guys are trying to fit in with him you can tell they're leaning on him just as much as he's asking them about what's what's going on. And that type of relationship, that type of chemistry, obviously going to be pivotal. Well, that will continue, and I think we'll, we'll hear. I'm not – I don't think we're going to be putting out a starting offensive line list again uh, <laughs> until kickoff because we I'll, know. I'll, it could change we it, at moments of notice. <laughs> I'll put one out at about 7.09 next Sunday. How about yeah. that? Once they're getting into team drills and – no, like after when the game has actually oh, started, already and started. Yes. we know exactly who it is. <clears throat> yeah, I think we'll know as they're warming up because they go through that deal where, you know, they get the ones and the two offenses and usually know. And sometimes you can just tell by how they're lining up and running drills. I would imagine those five guys, whoever they are, they'll pretty much do everything together during that first warm up period right before. So. Uh, best advice, get there early or just go on Sooner Scoop and check out the message boards because Bob and I will be sitting there live tweeting every little detail from <laughs> pregame warm-ups. Uh, okay, offensively, I don't know, guys. I mean, you know, we talked about last week, like, who's going to be the second leading receiver? Uh, you guys both went with Charleston Rambo because, I mean, that that's probably what everybody should go with. Uh, I kind of took a flyer and just said, I'm going to be different. I took Lee Morris. Um, I think Grant Calcaterra could be that guy, too. I think of the second most catches. Yeah. But not yards. Um, but I, no one's really given an indication. I would say the, the one revelation we had this week on offense is just that the young running backs are really kind of finding themselves. And because, like I was talking to Barry Switzer this morning, name drop, uh, and he asked me if Trey Sermon was still on the team. It's a pretty solid name drop. Uh, because uh, he went out to the scrimmage last Thursday, and he didn't see him. And I said, yeah, they're just holding him out and letting the young guys get carries. And I said something like, you know how they do it now. He's like, I'll I tell you one thing. I, I, I never played my damn running backs either. I, I told all and He went through like every great running back he's ever had. He, and, and he said, my players would get really mad because they wouldn't have to practice. And I said, you know, he's like, I said, next time you run for a thousand yards, you can sit out practice too. Yeah, so, once, you, once you've proven yourself, you don't have to practice around here. So, and it's been that way since the seventies. I mean, you know, Joe, he was talking about Joe Washington didn't have to practice uh, when they went through scrimmages and stuff like that. Uh, but you know, now that we've got to talk to the players, guys, I mean, they, I would say, 
Ramondre Stevenson probably, uh, he kind of has that wow factor with players a little bit more than Marcus Major, just from my reading. What you would say, there's no weak link in that room. Yeah. And, you know, because with those, with Sermon being held, held out, it allowed Major Stevenson to show what they can do. And they lived up to the billing. They're not someone, they're not, oh, they got a red shirt. They're, they're not ready for this moment. They're going to be involved. Now, I don't know how much if you have all five backs that look like they can't do something. I don't know how Jay Bowler's going to try to split that all up. But it doesn't look like there's, oh, that's the guy that's definitely not going to play. I will say this, like if you, if this is a horrible thing to say, but if you see someone go down with an injury, it's not going to be the end of the world this year. Unless it's like the third guy going down with an injury. Yeah, and it turned out it wasn't last year. You lose Rodney Anderson, who was the Heisman yeah, candidate sure. going into the season yeah. on the team, not Kyler. It was Rodney. Didn't matter. It's going to be interesting to see out of those well, three. I'd say it mattered. I mean, it just didn't hurt them. Uh, it helped that they ran behind the offensive line that they yeah. did. I mean, just being down there on the field and stuff, uh, It some of those holes that opened up, and granted, it was against some of the worst defenses in the country, but just some of the holes that were opened up by those guys were just massive. But you know what? I mean, Kennedy Brooks ran the ball against Alabama. I mean, sure. it's it, they did it against everybody. Oh, yeah. But you know, you're right. With the new offensive line, is Trey Sermon going to be able to beat up defenses like he beat up Tech last year? Uh, is Kennedy Brooks going to be able to squeak through and you know get those uh, you know 50, 60 yard bursts that that he's getting to be known for? What's T.J. Pledger's role going to be? I think is becoming a bigger and bigger question the more you hear that's from a, Stevenson a and really major interesting question just as far as what they're going to do with pleasure because i do think that his style of running can it's a it's definitely a change up and you know is it is it even more paranoid to ask the question uh you know we took trade talked about it yesterday just as far as he feels like he's faster he's slimmed down a little bit i mean he's led he, i think he's fourth in the country since 2017 and uh and yards after contact mm-hmm does he lose some of that edge with some of the weight that he's lost? And I, I don't want to say that he's lost weight either because he said he hadn't lost weight. He's just more cut. Right, okay. he's cut. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he lowered body fat, but he's gained muscle. I know nothing about that. The thing is, either. his patient approach is that going to work? Because yeah. he had the line to be. He patient. was too patient at times. Exactly. You can. I don't think with this line, at least initially, he's going to have that luxury. Well, that's why he and, and Kennedy Brooks were a good changeup because Brooks just gets the ball and goes toward the hole, runs toward daylight. But then Sermon can be your closer. Sermon tries to be so, the Le'Veon Bell a little too yeah, much. Yeah, it was so weird because she'd be that guy like in the first and second quarter, and then he just demolish you in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and that's been his best. Like, you know, he had to figure out how to be the lead tailback last year, and uh, he was so good, like you mentioned, as a closer. It almost makes you wonder, could they, like, switch it around a little bit? But I don't know. I I, I mean, Stevenson, does he even have a red shirt? I mean, he has to play, doesn't he? Is he two for two? We, I don't remember off he's the top probably of my two, head. He's probably three for two. I think two. he's a three for two, but yeah. don't quote me. You know, with five guys back there, somebody's going to have to be the odd man out. I just – you can make an argument, though. I could sit here and make an argument for any five of those guys to be a guy that – you can give the ball to, and that's without having really seen much of uh, Ramondre Stevenson. But you know what? Early in camp, Lincoln praised T.J. Pledger. Yeah, no, I 
I thought he was going to be the guy, kind of the guy that uh, really benefited from uh, from from kind of buying in and being a being a guy that could kind of earn some carries. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But at the same time, it's like I'm so intrigued by a guy like a Marcus Major just yeah. because of kind of the legend that he is and kind of what we saw when he actually got the ball in high school. Like, there's a lot to love right there. There's a lot to love. I mean, he kind of, I don't want to get, I don't want to overhype anybody, but he definitely fits that mold historically of running backs that people liked in high school and they thought was good. And then, you know, I, I think guys like Gerald Moore, I think of, uh, P Ryan, uh, P Ryan, yeah, his he's high school numbers mold. were yeah. nothing. It's like what? It is this, and it's because he shared time and and all that stuff. But I think Marcus Major could be one of those guys that just people slept on a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit, and then he becomes a star. And 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 probably because of the production, you know, what you know, the amount of carries he had at Millwood, which yeah. was not a lot. I'm I'm not sure if Jonathan Gray. Alito and the Texas, if that changed how some coaches view their running backs, but it's clear that some of these backs are, they feel like they're purposely not being used as much in high school just so they have more stuff left when they get to the next level. If history tells us anything, uh, it would be, it would be a good recommendation to make the most of your opportunity. Wouldn't it? If you get a yeah. chance, if you get out on the field, you better make the most of it because if you don't, you're probably going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. Well, and, and all that being said about Stevenson and Major, I do think that Lincoln Riley gives TJ Pledger every opportunity to be the third back. Like I think they put him out there before they put any before they put Major Stevenson. Correct. Yeah. And you know I base things on and, the and media the stuff, room a lot. And TJ's the, been brought in three times. Yeah, and the stuff that Lincoln came out and said about Kennedy Brooks about how the summer might have hurt him, you know, not being there wasn't his fault, but you know, that's something they've kept an eye on like maybe they take it slow with Kennedy Brooks to start the season and do play a little bit more TJ Pledger. Well, the thing I always say, like I said this about Christian Doolittle when it came to basketball too, you can do all your one-on-one -on -one workouts, but you're controlling it. You're not being pushed. Mm -hmm. If you're tired, you quit and you say, "You know what? I did enough today. I'm just fine. You don't have that type of guidance, that type of structure as to how you can get the most out of what you're trying. To do. I don't know if I'd go against little X, Bob. I've heard they're a vindictive lot might come after you. That's where he was working out. If you didn't know why I'm bringing up little X. I went to little X after tornadoes in 2010. I, they, they, they like me. There. Okay. <laughs> just don't, don't, uh, what do they call that? Um, I'm trying to say that currency that you build up, just, you know, don't, don't go bankrupt over, over a hot take about Kennedy Brooks's workouts. It's not worth it. Okay. So I don't even know if it's worth getting in the receivers because we don't really know. We know CeeDee Lamb. Uh, we know Grant Calcaterra, Lee Morris, uh, Austin Stogner, certainly, uh, Shane Beamer spoke very highly of him yesterday. I'm curious to see how much time, if any, he gets early. Uh, and, and the thing about it is, like, Houston is a decent opponent. I would say game two is where you'll see everybody. Oh, like, I, Houston, there's a chance that young guys won't play. If you put on a uniform uh, in three weeks, there's a good chance you're going to get into the ballgame. 
I'll be doing that freshman tracker again, and I, it's going to be That'll all, be busy all yeses for South Dakota. That will be a again. busy night. As the pores complain on Twitter about it being pay-per-view, we will be freshman trackering. Well, at least they're not disrespecting the troops this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun last year. Why do we we just we just get in fights with everyone, don't we? We're just fighters. No, I don't know. Do we get fighters in fights or do as... people get butt hurt too easily? That's I, the question. Well, I think we know the answer to that. But that will just make people butt hurt if we and, say that you get butt hurt too easily. And now somebody's butthurt about being butthurt about somebody else being butthurt. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. You know what else is butthurt? Let's talk about the Oklahoma defense. Okay, before we do that, one last thing. Uh, we do know who the actual backup quarterback is. And it's not even worth playing this clip because it's so <laughs> short. And Bob pointed it out to me. But here's Lincoln Riley announcing his backup quarterback. Yeah, Tanner will be the backup. Uh, Spencer uh, Rattler will be the third right now going into the first one. So that's notable. Whoa. I mean, it's notable that you know he didn't say it's or, either or, yes. uh, or we'll see what happens, or we'll play them both. Uh, it's Tanner, you're our backup. Please don't go to the portal. Just like Austin last year, it feels yes. like a carbon copy. Like, is there? And I I hate this for Mordecai, and I hate that I even. I guess I hate that I'm wired this way, but Jalen Hurts goes out and tears his knee in the first game. Do you give the do, do we think that it would really you put, be Mordecai? You, I think you put Tanner in there until, until he, he proves fails. he can't do it. Okay. Because you're gonna I mean, you put Spencer Rattler in there, boy, you are You're already I mean, you're watching two thousand and five all over again with Rhett Bomar. After publicly saying that Mordecai is your backup. There's somebody out there going, Why is he talking about fourteen years ago? Has nothing to do with the current. What would have happened football? in the portal, 2005? Paul Thompson, Bomar. Well, Paul Thompson had switched to receiver. Well, he started the first game though. I know, but I'm saying during that off season, he switched to. Oh, but yeah, he started the first game, then he got benched because he missed Travis Wilson I'm, on a wide I'm open wide throw open. down the field. Why do we TCU. remember that? I think it's because no one wanted Paul Thompson to start. They wanted Rhett Bomar to start, and then when he did that, it was just like, see, I told you. I told you that was going to happen. See, this is me here. That's my internal redneck hayseed, okay? Don't get all butthurt. But that was how I felt. Like, And I think everybody just remember, and the fact that they lost that game, and Adrian Peterson got hurt. I mean, it was just a bad, bad day on Owen Field. So everybody, and if they would have hit, if he would have hit that pass to Travis Wilson, touchdown. I think OU wins that game yes. handily, and Adrian Peterson never gets hurt, and that season doesn't take nearly the nosedive, because that UCLA game, oh my God, that was embarrassing to watch. I mean, that was literally the only time that Bob Stoops came out and criticized his own offensive coordinator. 2006, Five. right? Five? Five. Yeah. Chuck Long was the coordinator, and Kevin Wilson was here. You're talking about the TCU game, right? No, no, no. I'm talking about the UCLA game. Oh, the UCLA game yeah. out there. Okay, that would have been my senior year. I was going to say, I thought for some reason I just had it in my mind you were talking about the TCU game in 2006, and mm -hmm. that would have been the first my first game as an official student. Yeah, because then they almost died that played game. them the next year, right? Wait, what? No, no. no. <laughs> 06 would have been Oregon. I'm talking about TCU. 
Right. They played him. They played him in 05, but not in 06. Or 05. Yeah. Yes. So that was your first game. Sure. Well, it's easy to know why you didn't know. I can't imagine that you were in a great state at the start of that thing. I would not have been able to drive lately. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you wanted to move on to defense. We can do that now. Uh, We had a chance to talk to Alex Grinch this week. Um, I'll just throw it to the floor, kind of what were your biggest impressions. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, linebackers is something that we didn't cover a lot, but we did talk to Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White on Monday. And Odom. And and Brian Odom. Uh, I think we feel like we have the secondary figured out, but... I think, you know, Grinch kind of gave an indication of the nickel spot a little bit. There's a couple oars there, yeah. I think. Uh, and then it just seemed like for the first time ever, Grinch really praised the defensive line. Like he rattled off a bunch of people that he was, he's been impressed with. Yeah, I've been obsessed with the secondary. It just feels like that second cornerback, Jordan Parker versus Motley, and the nickel with Chance Sylvie versus Buki. I don't think... He knows who those guys are, who would start at this point. Yeah, and I mean, he pretty much kind of rubber-stamped what we've been hearing, that Sylvie has really made this a competition with Buki. I I don't know why. I kind of have a soft spot for Chance Sylvie. I have no idea why. Like, I just kind of want to see the guys succeed. I think it was the moment And that's not to say that I don't want to see Buki succeed either, because I do. I want to see Buki shut up a lot of people, because I think he'd kind of been unfairly I don't know about critiqued but just unfairly criticized about the way he performed as a freshman I think this is why you like Sylvie because even when he got hurt he would go out and work OU camps yes he would he would come to everything he never removed himself as a part of the program seems like a very genuine person he graduated uh was it Bob that ran into him working at Walmart like as a greeter or something it was an internship so yeah, yeah, that's that's what he was doing. He wants to work in the FBI when it's all said and done. So I mean, he's just he's a good dude. Yeah, and he's had a really tough luck career. And I want to see him make up for that play in the Rose Bowl, where he was the only guy on that side of the like that wasn't his fault. And maybe finally have one. Well, I guess Adrian Ely's kind of carrying the torch as well, but. Finally get a Louisiana guy that has find some success. And I know there's plenty of guys out there, Rufus and stuff like that, but it just Today's kids don't don't know who the those guys are. Cody right? Ford, right? I mean, that's just sad, Yeah, I guess that's a, that's unfair to Cody. That's that's true. But it is yeah, it's not like Frank Alexander had a little bit. I'm thinking more like Dwayne Orso. That and that Courtney type of person. Gar- Barnett. Courtney, yeah, Courtney, Courtney Garnett, Garnett. Garnett. Jo- Joseph Paul, Arthur McGinnis. God, that's a name. That's a blast from the past. I haven't heard that name in a long ass time. His name was Joseph Paul. Um, what is it? His name was Robert Paulson. Robert that? Paulson. Okay. Yes. So, but yeah, I mean, defensively, any linebackers, I mean, got to talk to Deshaun White and mm-hmm. Kenneth Man or Kenneth uh, Murray and uh, Brian. Uh, kind of what? I don't know. Did you get the feeling like? Okay, they're good. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm there yet, but I do think it's encouraging to hear. Uh, you know, it, it definitely seems like, and it just might be by default because I don't know who would beat him out, but it seems like Deshaun White's made a move as far as, uh, I mean, he's going to be a guy that contributes a ton this year. Uh, you look at a guy like 
Uh, you know, Ryan Jones. I, I'm probably gonna have to see it to believe it. Type I am. Thing. I am there too on Ryan Jones. I just remember you talking about uh, watching him try to line up against Texas, and I think I have PTSD from that. I think it's just like it's it's in the back of my brain, and I just can't get over that. Um, I I don't know. It, it probably sounds pretty pretty old and pretty stale to a lot of people, but I still think that Kenneth Murray can be a good football player. It's just gonna. Uh, be you know I I'm intrigued to see how much that defensive line helps things and how much a trickle down effect everything defensively just from top to bottom uh, not only what they're going to look like schematically but just seeing if this thing can be turned around I mean we're talking about one of the worst defenses in the country last year yeah how much how big of a step can these guys actually truly make uh, in reality, and I, I, I really don't know. I, I do not have any idea how good this defense can be. And I guess on the flip side, and I, I don't think a lot of people have thought about it this way, but can they be any worse than they were a year ago? I, I honestly, I don't think that they, they really can. can't. I mean, it's like, just... how could you be worse than giving up third and seventeens and getting dragged by a guy named Little jo- Little Jordan? You know, when I think of the backers, I think of what Grinch has been saying throughout. He wants a legitimate two deep, not a guy getting it by default. Because you think you got Murray and White, but then what? Is it Brian Mead? Is it Ryan Jones? Is it Draper? Is it, Os- is it Osamoa? Mm-hmm. There's no one that's staking claim, in my mind, to really be pushing White and Murray the in- the entire time. Well, and I asked uh, Alex Grinch kind of about uh, rush-ins and kind of who was involved there, uh, which I think we've all kind of been... A little confused on the outside linebacker for you know how many of those guys are Russians and how many are just outside. Where's Jalen Redmond like, playing? That's all I want to like know. Jalen Redmond doesn't even work out with the outside linebackers, so is, you know he's obviously an edge rusher. But then everybody's talking about John Michael Terry, you know, is having this great. He's the third camp third and, linebacker right right now. So thought, think about it. So here is Alex Grinch talking about all that. Highlight for us, kind of that that edge rusher spot opposite Ronnie Perkins, kind of the guys that are involved there and who who've looked good to you. Yeah, and kind of how we structured that thing. Like, you know, uh, Ronnie Perkins, uh, uh, you know, playing some edge, edge. Marcus Stripling playing, playing on the edge for us a little bit. As impressed as a young guy, his, his ceiling is very, very high. You know, so I highlight Marcus Stripling. I've been very impressed with him. I've asked him to do quite a bit this uh, this camp from a mental standpoint, learning a lot, kind of moving around, kind of see what what's best for him. And he's probably a name I should mention. You know, from a depth standpoint, got kind of a guy competing to kind of see what what his role is and what his. You know, snap count's going to be on Saturdays, but uh, you know, I highlight John Michael Terry. He's a guy that uh, I don't know uh, from a playing time standpoint how much he's had in the past, but uh, kind of that boundary has done some good things at a rush linebacker spot. Um, is a uh, you know high motor guy. Uh, Nick Benito's had a, a tremendous fall, um, and and you know showed flashes, maybe a little bit in the spring, um, but was probably you know one play a day guy positive and a three play a day guy negative you know um, just in terms of assignments and those things I think that equation is probably flipped and so I highlight him and then David Awebu and uh, uh, Joseph Wete at uh, you know two young guys that again high ceiling type of guys and so what, what will their role be you know, uh, as we move forward so kind of all those guys kind of rotating in there so that uh, it's good that I mentioned several names and so we'll kind of see how that that plays out and what did you what was your takeaways from that guys Stripling's a lot further ahead than yeah. I than I thought. Yeah. And if they're throwing him out there, moving him from one spot to the next, and he's picking it up, 
That's a, he's not going to be that's, and that's one of those four game guys. That's kind of what I thought on. And I think we put it. I think we put it in the Tuesday notes as far as on the Crimson Corner. Just like when you, when they're throwing that kind of stuff at him, it basically translates to me. We want to see how much this guy can handle because we're given serious, serious thought to putting him in a rotation. Well, what it says is this guy can make us better. Sure. And let's let's find a way to get him on the field because he's going to make us better. And you know, I I. I'm curious to see what kind of a step Ronnie Perkins because he kind of uh, you know hinted that they want him to do even more from a pass rush standpoint, and they should. Yeah, uh, which was I mean he had five sacks. The team had eleven last year. I mean, and he wasn't really asked to make that his primary thing was to, to rush the passer. So I think if fans want to be excited, that's what they should be excited for. Now, you know the whole. Jalen Redmond thing is still a work in progress, you know. Which Grinch said? He said he doesn't know where they exactly want him to be yet. And and basically said that, you know, his lack of experience on a football field is something that he's still working through. And that goes back to high school. Yeah. Because this kid thought he was going to play basketball until he was like a sophomore in high school. Oh, I, I think that so. people forget just how raw Jalen Redmond is as a whole, which makes it even more impressive that he was able to you know, fight through the uh, the blood clot thing, play in some games last year, and not just play, but be pretty, I, I don't want to say dominant, he, but made some very good plays as a, as a freshman. tackles for loss that sure. were explosive that you didn't see from anyone else. On he the did team. more in three games last year than some guys have done in the last four years in this defense. And that's probably an indictment more on the other guys, but I it just, I... <laughs> I, I'm kind of intrigued, and maybe I've bought in into something that I shouldn't, but the John Michael Terry Right, and thing the, the way Grinch in. phrased that, I don't know how much time he said, as if like he knows he's never played, Yeah, but I see something in this guy that he should be on the field. I wanted to... I, I had a chance to catch up with uh, Deshaun White kind of towards the end of... Uh, his media availability. I wouldn't call it a one-on-one, but I wanted to try and play some of it for you guys. Cause I did ask him about John Michael Terry and kind of what was, what he saw out of him. So hopefully this might end up being kind of like just me, uh, talking about a couple of different subjects with him, but let me try and play that here for you. This should be a good productive year for them. You spend a lot of time next to Kenneth Murray and he's a guy that's, you know, he's a leader. He's kind of a general mm-hmm. for your defense. But we don't really get to see a, a lot of personal side from him. What do you think it's meant for him? You know, he's Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He's got a lot of, you know, expectations on his shoulders. But everybody kind of knows, like, as good as he's been, he could be dominant. He mm-hmm. could be one of the best players. In college. Like, how much do you think that that drives him? Do you, how much do you see that just on a personal level, um, being it, around him every day? It definitely does. It does. He wants to be the best to ever do it. I mean, he talks about, you know, the Bucket Sword when he's here, and he talks about how respectfully, as good as they were, like, he wants to be better. And, you know, that was something that we always, you know, tag at. Like, he wants to get out here with the Buckets, and I want to get out here with the Buckets. And imagine that happening in two back-to-back years. So, I mean, um, as humble as he is, you know, he sets his dreams high, his goals high. Um, and so hats off, you know. So I, w- I would take it that would be a pretty good indication that this defense turned around if you went from back-to-back Heismans to back-to-back Fonsi. Yeah, practices. no doubt, no doubt. All right, um, it was, uh, I think the the John Michael Terry stuff was right before you started talking about Kenneth Murray, but 
Yeah, and I, I talked to Kenneth Murray because, you know, he's usually so focused on being the leader guy and talking about the team and stuff. You kind of forget, like, you know, he is still that guy that sat around and watched the Rose Bowl 130 times or whatever it was uh, before his sophomore season. Like, just like with Jalen Hurts, I mean, there's a, a drive with Kenneth Murray that he doesn't really talk about, but that you know is there. But now there needs now there's a focus. It seemed like he was just the chicken running with his head cut yeah. off. Mm-hmm. He had to drive, but he didn't know how to get to where he needed to be. Now with Grinch, Brian Odom, now maybe we'll see what he really is. And I wasn't <laughs> over with, with Brian Odom, but I, I don't know how much he touched on that. But I thought it was interesting in the spring because he talked about Kenneth Murray a lot at the beginning of spring, but then he didn't really say a whole lot about him. I think It seems like, like the coaches are starting to kind of fall in love with Kenneth Murray again a little bit. Well, it almost feels like they know what they have with him. They need others to be just like him. Mm-hmm. Like they trust what Murray's bringing to the table, the leadership he's doing on and off the field with all with that entire group. It's like, okay, Murray's not the question mark, but now we need some of these other guys to get their game up to be just like him. It, they kind of have some... I don't know if... Uh, I, I think that Jalen Hurts has been... Described as an old soul. If he's an old soul on the offense, it seems like Kenneth Murray's a little bit of that on the defense, just as far as, and I don't know this for a fact, but purely speculation on my part, but Kenneth Murray seems like the type of guy that you don't have to worry about him on the weekends. You, he's going to get everything taken care of. Uh, he, yeah, he, in a that. way, he's a little bit of an old soul, it seems like. Is that an old soul or is that just an old man? I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> And I, let's be clear, neither of them are olds. I don't think that either of them are olds. Olds is a state of mind, not an age. Yeah, I think absolutely. t-shirt. That's had to t-shirt. be. That's had to be reinforced several times. I've noticed recently on Twitter, even by Bob. Bob gets it. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how somebody doesn't understand that. But I'm guessing the people that don't understand that also don't understand horns up for peace. So we got a, we got a uh, a barrier we're trying to get around. I will say, uh, Horns Up for Peace is tricky. It's sure. your trickiest invention ever. Sure. Is it? Uh, yeah. When you look, watch any of the videos or anything, it's pretty clear what he's saying. I don't know. I mean, you were at the first rally there <laughs> in the uh, South Oval, Bob. <laughs> Even the people you were interviewing didn't get it or that saw your signs didn't get it. Or that one girl that said, Sam's dad died. <laughs> You're like, well, like what's whoa, that? Whoa, God. What's that got to do with Horseside for Peace? We're not trying to bring him back. It's not a seance, lady. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Well, you know, they probably got confused with the funeral that you had for Ketchum, and you know, that's true. That's that's probably what it is. There were so many people that watched that that they, they just didn't know what was going on. You know, it's good. The whole thing, though, talking about the defense. My big picture thing is, and I kind of thought this while I was driving home on Tuesday night was just as far if they if they go out and play well and just look decent and take some steps and uh, you start seeing Kenneth Murray play like a guy that's a big 12 defensive player of the year type guy or you you know you start seeing some better play out of the secondary they're getting after the quarterback I think the revisionist Mike Stoops history basher people whatever you want to call it and and I think I'll probably be part of the movement if that happens it will be a major like what the hell why did this why did it take so long for them to get to the bottom of the barrel for them to scrape this thing and 
get some new ideas in there because it is just I think that people and you know especially people on the board and anybody that has watched some of the defensive interviews it's just almost refreshing in a way because there is a little bit of hope and a product of that is because there are new coaches because there's new ideas because there's new schemes but the other side of it too is is they're bringing back a bunch of the same people like it, it why did it take so long for them to look in the mirror and say okay we're we're terrible they need to make a change. And you're not even seeing it in Norman. You're seeing it in the NFL with Stephen Parker, Imani Bledsoe, and Curtis Bolt. Mm-hmm. Three guys that weren't drafted that are tearing it up in the preseason. And you're like, they, for some reason, couldn't get it done in Norman. Sure. And once they left, now you're seeing it. Wait a minute. These guys were four-star type of players. It's a bad, well, it's I mean, a bad Obo, look. Obo, did, it's a bad Obo look. did get it done in Norman. I no, mean. he did. No, but, but I mean, you're, you're talking, if you have Bledsoe, Parker, and Bolton being drafted and playing well, that's more God, guys. I you, told you Eddie this the other day. Like, that's one to me one of the most damaging things that happened to OU in a while is not getting that year back for Monty Bledsoe because if you go and you watch the end of the season, he played really, really well. Like, he was coming into his own. He was starting to make a lot of plays. And, I mean, for the, for a guy that we'd never really talk about, and it's just because I watched the game a couple of days ago, but that the safety against Texas might never happen if Kenneth Mann Kenneth doesn't Mann get a two-yard loss yep. mm-hmm. to play before. Because that set, that set them up, put them behind the chains, and all of a sudden you could put a little pressure on them. I know people don't want to get back into that kind of stuff, but it just it, it, it's incredible to me, and it shouldn't be, just how much things change when you get a little bit of play up front. When you get a little bit yeah. of pressure, when you get some uh, some TFLs, when you're when you're able to change things up front and not necessarily control the control the line, just as much as just don't get run over. And I think that they've been in a run over mode for quite a while. It, it's just kind of like we talked about with the offensive line. Like sometimes the best players aren't the best player for that group. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, Ben Powers is a perfect example we talked about. Like, how many people on this defense have had a chance to gain any confidence in themselves over the last couple of years? Virtually zero. When you're going from 3-4, 4-3, booing multiple, none of those guys knew what, what the heck their and role even, was supposed to be. I mean, like, even a guy like Curtis Bolton who played well last year, like, he was so pissed off all the time. Like, it didn't – like, there was no joy in him playing well. He would, you know, he would get, you know, 18 tackles, and so would Kenneth Murray. They get, you know, he'd get 20 tackles, and then they would come off the field and, you know, the post game they were still just pissed off beyond belief. Like there was no joy on anyone's faces on that defense last year, no matter if they were playing well or not. And you know, regardless of how well those two play, they could never get anyone else to to play at that level, or the coaches couldn't get a chemistry built or a system built uh they couldn't they couldn't build that defense and there wasn't much chemistry on that no you're right and that's that's where alex grinch needs to have like lincoln riley said it like he needs to have it's important that we have success quickly on defense like for recruiting for uh you know what they've gone through you know so players don't get their dauber down or however you know that's a little bobby jack right i know whoa I mean, get your dauber down was way before Bobby Jack, but I mean, he he did. He's the one that brought that. it into my life. Okay. <laughs> well, I asked him what a dauber was one time, and it was a glorious video. Um, I think he thought it meant get your dick in the dirt. 
Um, but a dauber actually is like, I don't think it's a penis. I really don't. Eddie, come on, search it. He's looking it up right now. <laughs> I'm, I remember looking Jack it up, right. and we had a whole thing, and it was more like a dauber was that. like something that a wasp leaves up behind in their house or something like that. Oh, like the like the dirt thing the dirt. that's up on your house? Yeah. yeah. The, yep. Mm-hmm. Like that apparently is a dauber. Well, okay, a dauber on Urban Dictionary. Oh God, is that not what I? That's that's my go-to when I have to look something up. Is Urban Dictionary? Dauber is uh, the act of being abstinent, being sober of dick for a girl. Uh, a dauber is a word for penis, normally used to insult someone. Those are so. There's don't two definitions. There's two definitions. By the way, look up Alabama Hot Pocket, but don't read it. I think we've told people to do that before, and still, just even the... We have new listeners. Oh. Let's let's bring well, them to it. No, don't well. look it up, <laughs> listeners. It's bad. It's not good. Um, it's, n- it's not nearly as cute as the Chicago sunroof. Oh. So, um, after being sidetracked by Dom... No, but, I mean, this defense has to find some chemistry, some confidence all that stuff and they're in position to be able to rebuild that now but how, how hard is that can be against Derek king hard i mean gonna be, he's gonna is, make is some plays those, against you yeah is that one of those games you have to kind of temper expectations is like what's really gonna happen because he's a good quarterback but you have to be able to blow up that offensive line you have to be able to control receivers at the line of scrimmage you have to be able to control a run game from them like the first time they played, remember, they had Ed Oliver. I mean, he was just yeah. blowing stuff up in the middle, uh, and he made it difficult for OU to run the ball. Their offensive line was not what it was going to be that year in 2015. Uh, so many moves were made after that game. But uh, this is not the same Houston team as that one. No, I, I can't say that I just have been following them as probably closely as I should through uh, the summer, but... It wouldn't seem like Houston has another Ed Oliver in the uh, in the back channels. And you know, with Dana Holgerson as their coach, they're going to want to establish the run. Sure. I mean, they are going to. He is. That's what he, he is, does. Yeah, he runs the ball out of the air raid, and he's going to want to gain yardage on the ground. So you've got a man up, and it's going to be a big game for Kenneth Murray. It's going to be a big game for Deshaun White. I guess my question is, if Houston gets 25 to 30 points, is that bad, or is Houston's offense going to... Oh, God, I think you take that. See, I if mean, you know you. but you'd be like, that's not, that's not improving. Like, that's not. Well, I mean, how many tackles do how many, they have any turnovers? They have any tackles for loss? I mean, what was the score going into the fourth quarter? All that stuff. You can give up 30 and play pretty damn good defense in today's age. Can't you? Yeah. I think you can. I, I mean, if, they, if OU ever fans. held West Virginia to 30, they'd be <laughs> celebrating. They'd be burning our couches. Shit. You know, <laughs> I might throw my couch in there if, if, if OU was able to do that. I do need to create some room in my living room. My couch might be <laughs> the next thing to up, go up for. Well, I mean, when's good, uh, good when's will. West Virginia come through? We could maybe get somebody if Austin Kendall uh, come through. Yeah. Revenge tour. Yeah. By the way, congratulations to Austin Kendall for finding a home. We need to, uh, which need we to, didn't get to ask Lincoln about. We need to trademark so that, by yeah. the way, as far as the Jalen Hurts you tour. I'm afraid somebody's going to steal it. Um, what about revenge? You really want to go with? 
No, uh, definitely. Okay. Definitely, definitely use the F word for sure. That will be Eddie's private line <laughs> of T-shirts. Sell, sell, sell. Um. So anyway, you know, I, I think Jordan Parker, you know, coming in talking to us squarely in the mix of. I I wonder if that is one position where they will switch. Like, do they go into the game? With one guy in like maybe alternate series, that's, they've really never done like that. that. Cooks kind of just rolled with that that first guy, no matter what would happen. You have to be just I, historically that's, bad. That's the one thing we don't know about. And one thing I wanted to ask him about, maybe something we'll ask him about this week uh, during game week. But like, what is his rotation theory? Like, what if what is how does he want to do that? Does he want to go put a guy out there, and as long as he's making plays, leave him out there? Or does he want to rotate guys? And I'm not talking about on the defensive line, but safeties, right? Guys corners, that you usually don't rotate. Nickel, yeah, yeah. And I could see Buki and Sylvie both playing throughout the game. I think that I would be surprised if they didn't. I'd probably that's probably the best way I'd put it. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're learning a lot. Things are changing. I'm sure things will be changing going into next week, but school is in session. Classes are going on. It's literally uh, school all day, practice, study, you know, lift in the morning. That's kind of the schedule now. Do, do we know, the are they getting like a random day off next week since the game is Sunday? Well, that's what, like, I thought that maybe Monday would be their day off and then like everything would be Tuesday Monday. on like it was game week. Meaning, like Thursday would be Wednesday. The but I don't know. I bet they want to ha- have the press conference on Monday because then that next week is Labor Day, right? Yeah. And then I'm wondering, are they going to do this? Is more just us. It's just the game is Sunday. Would they do the lunch in Monday, like the very next morning? I don't know. I bet they would. But then you got to have a day off then too. So it's weird. Yes. Yeah. I bet. I bet what they do is they just have Lincoln do his press conference, and we don't do any players. And that, that gives the players the day right day off. That makes sense. That's one of those things that I was waiting to catch up with, you know, Mike Houck and find out because I, yeah, that's a that's a weird deal. But it's a lot to plan. But I think it's going to be a cool weekend. I mean, this weekend, I don't know, like a dress rehearsal down on Campus Corner. It's kind of a Odd thing. Um, so if you want to come into Norman and pretend like it's game day. Oh, is that this? Sa- I, no, that, that's I next, that Saturday. next Saturday. That's next, next Saturday. Next Saturday, yeah. Saturday, yeah. So, like, I guess if you got hotels, that's why they're doing that because a lot of people will come in here and stay in a hotel and they want to have something to do. Uh, Eddie's band will be performing. Which one's that? Um, I don't know. It's your band. Um, they have like eight different bands playing I'm, down there. Not only will I not be close to that <laughs> i don't think i would endorse it as something that you want to go do you know we're covering that right we're covering the whole day <sighs> live video oh, we're gonna man. interview people i kind of a headache i think my throat's getting sore <laughs> all right well i think we've exhausted things uh recruiting wise you know that will start to pick up it's been it, a dead period I yeah. know joshua eaton had that photo 
about him being in Norman. Uh-huh. That was but that was not from his previous from this visit. Week, people. Okay. So chill. Uh, and I, w- I would probably say that people probably, the way things are going right now, they don't want recruiting news. It's been a rough couple weeks. In between just text- breathe. Take, take a deep breath and breathe right now. I think the, the problem is, is when they see Texas getting a bunch of guys like they have in the mm-hmm. last couple weeks, and then maybe seeing a couple of the plan A targets look elsewhere. There's no doubt that Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley will figure it out as time keeps going. Look, but there's they're, a they're a little antsy. There's a good chance Texas's uh, recruiting class is going to fall apart when um, Sam Ellinger contracts Lou Gehrig's disease before the season's over. That is Carrie Murdoch <laughs> at CM I'm not the one who keeps putting him in with concussions. All right, uh, that's, that's fair point. Fair point. Just saying. Wait for it. All right, uh, that's going to do it. I really feel like we didn't give... Well, I felt like we hadn't given enough awful, and that's why I threw in the Sam Ellinger joke at the end. So, I mean, we can get there if you really <laughs> want to. I can probably pull something together. No, that's okay. We don't need your series of uh, 9-11 jokes. I'm in, I'm in too good of a mood right now. We got we got football coming. I'm going to the Cubs game tomorrow. I'm going to Chicago today. Yeah, you're out of here. You go. You're going to a wedding. I'm, uh, Cubs are back in first place, at I'm, least as of this morning. Everything is good in my life right now. Very so just boring check, game Check back night. in an hour, and I'm sure things will have changed. All right. Well, thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Bob. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Hopefully, we didn't start any shit storms with this podcast like we did last week. Uh, Tony? We love you, girl. Just keep doing you, all right? Just keep doing you. We're, we should have her on one time. We should have her on the pod at some point. Tony, yes. the invitation has I'll, been extended. If, if she is at an OU game, I will take a mic. And we Do you will, really think she'll come we'll all the way to Norman? We'll get something hammered out. I, a, I don't know. Maybe. Great question. Maybe. If she's a real fan, she would, right? True. True. If she's not just a fake Twitter fan, she's got to come to an actual game in Norman. All right. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we did avoid ratings and reviews this time because that caused a shitstorm too apparently um i would just say this don't put your name on your itunes review especially give us a one star we'll go on your facebook page go we'll, after your family we'll out, yeah we'll you lose out your you. job <laughs> i'm excited for the uh i'm excited for this thing to get going though i think we've uh we've officially exhausted all summer options i'm ready to i'm ready to go full steam ahead and be kind of miserable not miserable i that i didn't mean that uh just be busy over the next couple months i'm excited that's that was internal talk that you just made external yeah something like that okay it's time to go okay uh don't forget check us out on spotify and uh the eskridge lexus post game show is going to be back so if you're not subscribed uh, just type in Oklahoma Sooners post game on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, whatever. Get subscribed for that because you don't want to miss our coverage. Uh, we get that stuff up as fast as we can after games are over, especially on the road. So you have something uh, to a, a break down the next Sunday morning or late that night. Uh, and also go download the uh, Seat Geek app. Seat Geek coming back as a, a fine sponsor this season. If you're out there looking for tickets. Uh, especially to UCLA or even to the the home opener against uh, uh, Houston. We'll have the special promo code for you. Uh, the scoop, uh, just put that in there, and uh, you'll get uh, a, a discount on your first 
uh, ticket purchase. So go download the the SeatGeek app uh, tonight, uh, tonight, tomorrow, whenever you're listening, and uh, get ready to uh, uh, get your tickets and help support Soonerscoop.com and the unofficial 40 in the in the process. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back again next week, maybe Thursday again. Depends on the schedule. Uh, and how things work out next week, we still don't know with that Sunday kickoff game. So thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week right back here on the Unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com.